Section six of Basil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Basil by Wilkie Collins. Section six being part one, chapter six. I have now completed all the preliminary notices of my near relatives, which it is necessary to present in these pages, and may proceed at once to the more immediate subject of my narrative. Imagine to yourself that my father and my sister have been living for some months at our London residence, and that I have recently joined them after having enjoyed a short tour on the continent. My father is engaged in his parliamentary duties. We see very little of him. Committees absorb his mornings, debates his evenings. When he has a day of leisure occasionally, he passes it in his study, devoted to his own affairs. He goes very little into society. A political dinner or a scientific meeting are the only social relaxations that tempt him. My sister leads a life which is not much in accordance with her simple tastes. She is wearied of balls, operas, flower shows, and all other London gaieties besides and heartily longs to be driving about in the green lanes again in her own little pony-chase, and distributing plum-cake prizes to the good children at the rector's infant school. But the female friend who happens to be staying with her is fond of excitement. My father expects her to accept the invitations which he is obliged to decline, so she gives up her own tastes and inclinations as usual, and goes into hot rooms among crowds of fine people, hearing the same glib compliments and the same polite inquiries night after night until patient as she is she hardly wishes that her fashionable friends all lived in some opposite quarter of the globe the farther away the better my arrival from the continent is the most welcome of events to her it gives a new object and a new impulse to her london life I am engaged in writing a historical romance. Indeed, it is principally to examine the localities in the country where my story is laid that I have been abroad. Clara has read the first half-dozen finished chapters in manuscript, and all goes wonderful success for my fiction when it is published. She is determined to arrange my study with her own hands, to dust my books and sort my papers herself. She knows that I am already as fretful and precise about my literary goods and chattels, as indignant at any interference of housemaids and dusters with my library treasures, as if I were a veteran author of twenty years' standing, and she is resolved to spare me every apprehension on this score, by taking all the arrangements of my study on herself, and keeping the key of the door when I am not in need of it. We have our London amusements, too, as well as our London employments, but the pleasantest of our relaxations are, after all, procured for us by our horses. We ride every day, sometimes with friends, sometimes alone together. On these latter occasions we generally turn our horses' heads away from the parks, and seek what country sights we can get in the neighbourhood of London. The northern roads are generally our favourite ride. Sometimes we penetrate so far that we can bait our horses at a little inn which reminds me of the inns near our country home. I see the same sanded parlour decorated with the same old sporting prints, furnished with the same battered, deep-coloured mahogany table and polished elm-tree chairs that I remember in our own village inn. Clara also finds bits of common out-of-doors that look like our common, 
and trees that might have been transplanted expressly for her from our park. These excursions we keep a secret. We like to enjoy them entirely by ourselves. Besides, if my father knew that his daughter was drinking the landlady's fresh milk, and his son the landlord's old ale, in the parlour of a suburban roadside inn, he would, I believe, be apt to suspect that both of his children had fairly taken leave of their senses. Evening parties I frequent almost as rarely as my father. Clara's good nature is called into requisition to do duty for me as well as for him. She has little respite in the task. Old lady relatives and friends, always ready to take care of her, leave her no excuse for staying at home. Sometimes I am shamed into accompanying her a little more frequently than usual, but my old indolence in these matters soon possesses me again. I have contracted a bad habit of writing at night. I read almost incessantly in the daytime. It is only because I am fond of writing that I am ever willing to interrupt my studies, and ever ready to go out at all. Such were my domestic habits, such my regular occupations and amusements, when a mere accident changed every purpose of my life, and altered me irretrievably from what I was then to what I am now. It happened thus. End of section six. Recording by ALWPOE on January the thirteenth, twenty eleven. ALWPOE dot com.